what does a rewarding career mean to you? Before we can talk about how you can get the job that you want, we first need to define what you want from your job. Hopefully, our conversation today gives you some ideas. After you get clarity on how you can get your dream job, we also need to understand the process to finding out whether a company is the right fit for you. We also talk about how to manage the relationships between you and your colleagues. And most importantly, how do you manage your boss? I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, my name is Andrew and welcome to another Chill with TFC session. In this series, we hope to bring on interesting and relevant people to help us learn better from various perspectives. Life is not always about learning from the people you agree with. Different perspectives shape us to be more well-rounded in our thinking. So in the pursuit of the life we love, while managing our finances well, we also need to take care of our career. My guest today made conscientious and strategic decisions to craft her career. She's a blogger who often writes about topics that are close to millennials in Singapore, and she's also one of LinkedIn Top Voices. Let's welcome Geraldine Pia. So my name is Geraldine. I care about the challenges and aspirations of our generation. So I create content around how we can all cope with the high cost of living, build rewarding careers, as well as lead more meaningful lives. So today we're going to focus on the rewarding careers and meaningful lives part because it's closely related. All these three topics are kind of linked. Yeah. Uh, I first knew about you from your from your blog, of course, and you've been blogging about quite a wide range of topics, but it doesn't really differ much uh, from these three things that you talk about. Yes, correct, correct. So a lot of people think that, you know, if you just write about like finance, you need to focus specifically on finance alone. But for me, I don't categorize my topic by the categories itself. My key focus is really about who am I writing for? So for me, I really write for our generation and every topic that is related to them will be things that I will cover. Okay, so do people write in to you, email to you or comment on your blog and ask you questions or advice? What do they ask you? Yeah, I think that happens pretty often, right? Not just from, you know, email, of course. Email is kind of like one of the channels. I do get a lot of LinkedIn messages, Instagram messages, Facebook comments and stuff like that. Um, I think IGDM is particularly popular. With so they, they slide into your DMs to ask you a professional question? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. They ask okay. me a professional question. Typically, it depends on the, the topics that I'm writing about recently, right? Like last year, I got tons of finance um, questions. But this year, there's slightly a shift towards maybe a little bit more softer topics like mental health, a little bit more on career planning, meaning, finding yourself and stuff like that. So I got questions related to that as well. Okay, off your mind, like what are the top three questions, for example, that you receive more often? Okay, so looking at the past two years, right, the kind of questions I'll receive the most often would be, should I leave my job, right? Mm. And then that, oh. that's something like really <laughs> difficult to answer, especially if you don't have so much context. So they would just give me things like the salary that they want to get and stuff like that, where they are at now, the struggles they are facing at work. And because I don't get the full picture, my role is really more of, you know, asking them questions, right? Diving deeper into like, what, what motivates you? You know, what um, kind of like, things are important to you in a job and stuff like that. So from there, they can discover the, the answers by themselves. So I try not to be so prescriptive, but more of, you know, playing the role as a friend, right, who is asking questions and helping them to use these questions that are asking to uncover the answers on their own. So that's the first kind of question that I, I get. Yeah. Should I leave my job? 
Yeah. That's the first kind of question you get. But, <laughs> Most common question. <laughs> well, inter- interestingly, you think it's COVID and people want more job security, but you see all the news articles, headlines saying that people are quitting their jobs, right? And therefore, you're asking, you're getting more questions of that nature. Yes, yes, correct. I, I guess that, you know, I, I don't have the concrete answer as to why like that everybody's like thinking about leaving their, their roles. But my guess is probably because, you know, spending time alone at home gives you a little bit more time to reflect. Right. And then when you minus all the other colleagues, like the social element of work, you know, the nice office and stuff like that, people really think about like the meaning of, uh, you know, the kind of like life that they want. And then this really changes their, their perspective um, and helps them to figure out like, hey, maybe staying where I am now is not so suitable for me. Perhaps I should try something else, you know, and stuff like that. Do you have a framework for that? Like, How do you advise someone who asks you that question? Yeah. So when I first received this question, it would be like, should I leave my job? And then the first question I asked them is like, what do you want in a career? Right. Oh, yeah, because wow, that's tough. Yeah, because could be hard. Yeah, <laughs> this this really really something that people don't even think about. Like, how does a career fit into your your life? Because people know the conventional route. Like, oh, I leave school, you know, I graduate, I get good results, I come and work and and stuff. They don't dig deeper into the second layer. It's like, what am I working for? Correct? Because everyone works for for different reasons. Yeah. Mm. So, like, think of the most recent example. You, you ask the person, what do you want from your career? And what what is the answer you got? Yeah, they say that, you know, oh, there's, Money. Yeah, there's so many things I want, you know. More like, balance. Yeah, yeah, more yeah. fun, more fun. Oh, I don't like my boss and stuff like that. So what I try to encourage them to do is that, you know, there's no perfect job in this world, right? Like every job, no matter how much you love it, there will be some gaps of sorts. So it would be good to write down everything that you want, then kind of like prioritize like what are the key important things to you? Because that not only helps you find the job that you want, it also helps you to stay in the job because you know like exactly why you are here and then also like what are your deal breakers and then what keeps you going, right? What are answers have you gotten when you ask people what is it that they want from their jobs? People will always say very fluffy things like, you know, meaning, right? But what is meaning? Meaning also can mean different things, right? Is it about giving back to society type of meaning or is it like personal fulfillment type of meaning or is it more like, you know, learning, right? So meaning can be defined different ways. So I would try to ask them like, what do you mean by meaning, right? So my, my role is really not to prescribe like here, you know, you should leave, right? Leave kind of thing because I, at the end of the day, I'm not a career counsellor or not fully like aware about all their life circumstances. And we're just talking on DM, right? So... <laughs> it's like, you're, you're going so deep into this particular person and then he's telling, he or she is telling you about what meaning, this is what I'm looking for in life. Because work is a part of life, right? Mm-mm-mm. And it's almost like a life coach. <laughs> but you're not charging, <laughs> I assume. <laughs> yeah. No, because I don't. I'm not. I'm not certified, right? I don't think mm. I'm a professional. I mean, how I've always been communicating with my audience is that you know I'm just learning like all of you. I'm passionate about these topics because I think that would make an impact to our lives. So I'm here to you know figure out answers together with you. You know, I'm not the expert in this topic. I'm just a peer who is just sharing like what I've learned, what has worked for me. Okay, so let let's say I asked you, and then you told me what am I looking for, and I said meaning, and then you probe me further. And let's say I, I want to have work-life balance and I want my job to feel meaningful. At, I feel that I'm contributing something. How would you carry on this conversation? And then how do you define contribution? Mm. Contribution has many layers. Okay. Contribution to what? Your colleagues' lives, your company goals, or to the society, right? Through probing it right, into different uh, elements, right? To find out like, what do they really mean? And, and that's how I actually help them to figure out the answers on, on their own. I would like to leave an impact on society, so what about your current job doesn't give you that? Mm, I have to make up a role on the spot. <laughs> Let's say I'm, I'm doing a, a marketing role, okay? Yeah, yeah. Um, not really. It's a, it's a B2B product. I, I don't really see how it helps me play an active role in being a contributor to the society or 
not just this society, but my community. Let's just mm-hmm. talk about that. Which, you know, community is such a broad word, right? Which aspect of community are you looking at? Let's just say my neighborhood. But couldn't I, you know, get into, what do you call it? Uh, get into community initiatives or like charity organizations, for example, or religion, for example. Like, does it have to be part of my job? This is the thing I'm trying to get them to figure out. So mm. I ask them like, you know, what, what makes you stay, right? So if they say, oh, I need the money. Then of course I will not say that, you know, leave, quit and then do pro bono, right? I would say, why not? do you think it would be impossible to, you know, maybe perhaps stay in your current role since you like so many things. You like your colleagues, you like the pay and everything. But at the same time, carve out, you know, your weekends or after working hours to use your skills that you pick up in a corporate job to contribute to maybe the uh, NGO that um, who represents a cause that you care about. Mm. Yeah, so my role is not to prescribe, it's really to ask questions because everybody knows what's best for themselves. Um, PRM is just to share knowledge and to facilitate that whole process of self-discovery. Mm. So what we've just done in this mock-up scenario <laughs> is that you're really getting me to think and explore and really dig deeper into what I really want. Mm. So if I were to reflect that back onto you, how and why did you get into your current career? So for me, I also went through this whole reflective process um, on my own. When I was in university, right, I had this idea that, oh, I have to do a job that I'm passionate about, like I feel excited about and stuff like that. And that's really like uh, something that many people believe in, especially, you know, when they're young, they have uh, uh, big lofty dreams and stuff like that. You know, not saying that there is, uh, is, is wrong because, you know, personally, I think that if you are someone who is doing your job for a passion, you are, you know, absolutely lucky, right? But how many people can, can do that? So that got me thinking like, okay, what is the meaning of a, 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 a job to me, correct? Like, what do I want in, in a, a career? And I thought about a few things. So for me, of course, you know, financial independence is like a key objective for me. So definitely um, compensation plays a part. And the second thing that I care about is, of course, um, having future proof because I do lots of um, house visits and stuff like that. And a very common scenario that I sometimes come across would be an elderly, not elderly, <laughs> um, a middle-aged um, person with maybe two kids, elderly parents to support, but he's retrenched because the, the company moves his, some of his work overseas and outsources it, or maybe perhaps he has not been able to keep up with the way technology is going and stuff like that. So so that's really a situation that I, I don't want to to be in. So being future-proof is, is definitely something very critical for, for me, both in terms of, you know, equipping myself with the right skills, right, as well as aligning myself to the industries which are booming. So I'm in cloud computing mm-hmm. and, and all that. And I guess the third thing that, you know, really matters to me is, of course, like having the work-life balance, right? Because for me, work is just a revenue-generating portion in my life. And um, I'm, I, I will give my best when I'm in my job. But I think that, you know, my life is really so much more than just my work. You know, it also has um, people I, I love, like my family, my friends, and, you know, being able to contribute to my generation and helping other people through my content creation process and volunteer work as well. Mm, so you just mentioned three criteria. Number one is your financial independence. Mm-hmm. Number two is that it's future proof. Mm. And number three is your work-life balance. Yeah. How does your current role help in all of these three criteria? Actually, it really aligns to to all of that. So I'm super, super happy. But I think what it's I described... It's a sales role at a cloud company. It's a software as a service company. Yeah. Right. So basically, I think that it really aligns with, with what I'm looking for, my, my career path as a whole. But of course, if it comes to career, these are the criteria. When it comes to job, there's also one more element that I look at, mm-hmm. right? Because career and a job is different. A job is like a role in a company and a career is like a, 
a role, I guess. Yeah. So when it comes to a job, I do look at one more thing, which is, of course, the, the boss, right? The boss is absolutely um, critical and it can make or break someone's like uh, working experience. Okay, so you mentioned, well, a job is some a function, but a career <laughs> is more like a, a path. Yeah, yeah. And whether it leads you to the future, that's the future-proof path, okay, right? Like, like I'll explain, like, okay, maybe um, career is like doctor, right? And then job is like... GP. At a GP clinic. at X Clinic. At X Clinic, yeah. 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 And then but your whole entire career path is you know, doctor. as a doctor, <laughs> yeah. what are you going to do and, and all that. That's how I define yeah, so it. That's, that's how you define it. I mean, we all have different definitions, but this is how you you carve out your, your path for yourself and your, your definitions for yourself. Correct. So a sales draw, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, so financial independence part, it's really dependent on how much sales you're getting in. Yep. That settles financial independence part. Well, we, later we can talk about you know, how do you excel in a sales job. Number two is your future proof. And is that why you're in a software as a service company? Like you see that in the future, we, we all need this. Yeah, I mean, the whole world is moving towards uh, cloud, right? So <laughs> that makes sense to, to position myself in this in this field. Mm, how about work-life balance then? Well, if I want to, to, to do sales, right, there's a lot of options that I can choose from. You can sell, every job basically needs sales yes. and all. But I picked B2B because I was thinking that, well, my customers may not be awake, uh, not, not awake, uh, uh, at work, right, after 6pm. <laughs> so nobody like disturbing me <laughs> during this. Ah, okay. Because if it's B2C, right, yeah. uh, let's say, yeah, insurance agents. Yeah. Then, well, at 8pm, I'm, I'm concerned about my own insurance policies. Yeah. I might text you. <laughs> but if B2B, 6pm, pang kang, you know, I'm not going to text Geraldine. That was my logic. My logic back then when I was choosing. That was your logic back then. Okay, okay. It's so, kind of worked out for me. <laughs> it's kind of worked out for you and I'm going to guess that the flexibility plays a part in the work-life balance. Yeah, of course, of course. That's why I picked tech because tech companies tend to be more, you know, flexible with the way you do things. I would say that in tech, I've been so lucky to meet leaders who are very progressive, not really so much more of the traditional mindset, like come at nine, leave at six kind of thing. Of course, there are people like that. Um, but, you know, in the past few years, I've been very lucky to work with you know, very, very open-minded bosses who really trust the employees to um, spend their time in a way that is meaningful and to get the job done, basically. Yeah, because someone else in a similar role, meaning tech and sales, might not have work-life balance. But you, you manage to find a, a company that gives you that. Yeah. And which is why you mentioned, on top of these three criteria, you need to have the, the boss and your, actually your colleagues as well. Yes, correct. Yeah. So let's talk about bosses and colleagues. How do you manage them? Yeah, so I think that it's really important, um, you know, in any role that you're doing that you have to kind of like work well with your um, superiors and also your peers. So other questions I get from younger people is that, you know, I joined this um, company, right? You know, and I joined remotely, right? How do I get to know my colleagues, right? So I think it's really about being proactive, right? Like scheduling like dinner, you know, arranging like one-to-one Zoom chats and all that. And just trying to figure out in this organization who would be the people who are, you know, you're going to work the closest with, who are able to support your goals and you can support theirs as well. And, you know, who do you find interesting? Who do I learn from? And then map all these things out and just kind of like um, be proactive about reaching out to them for lunch, for dinner and stuff like that. So how do you do that in a remote role? So you're talking about, Let's say I'm in Singapore, but I'm working from home. Mm-hmm. And then I should proactively reach out to my colleagues or my boss to like meet up at least for a meal or yeah. something so that I get FaceTime, right? Yeah, yeah, face yeah, to yeah. face with my people I'm working with. Yeah, as much as I love technology, I think nothing really replaces the whole face-to-face um, element of things. Mm, I think that's truly a concern nowadays, especially with COVID and work from home, remote work. Out of sight, out of mind, right? We're, we're all worried and we're all worried that the bosses might be thinking, okay, actually, you're not, not in office. Oh, I don't really need you for the role. Right? Well, how would you advise someone who's worried about something like that? 
you mean what I'm hearing from you is basically their concern is that if they are not seen, mm. they may be forgotten. Mm. And your solution was to actually get the FaceTime, right? But how do you actually execute it? How do you bring it up to your colleagues? Hey, you know, let's let's meet up for lunch. Usually, I start off with a Zoom call of sorts, right? And I say, hey, I, I, I saw that, you know, I just joined. This is what I'll be doing. I know that I might be working with you quite a bit and supporting you in these few areas as well. So let's let's have a catch up. And then during that video thing, try to build some rapport and like, hey, oh, where you live? Oh, I live near there too. Or like, you know, somewhere there. Or I used to study in that district, you know. Uh, oh, I'll, I'll be there, you know, next two weeks or something. Like, how about we catch up, right? Yeah, I'd love mm. to see you in person and all that. So someone's got to do it because this just reminds me, right? Okay, there's this person, uh, he's called Chong. Chong Soon. Mm-hmm. He's part of the, the financial coconut team. He's in Malaysia. He's based in Malaysia. <laughs> so we, we work together a bit on over live stream. Like we host the live stream together. And then like over Slack, he's just saying, like, you know, we should really just get online to get to know each other better. And I said, sure. <laughs> and then after that, I, I didn't follow up after that as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So that's, that's usually what might happen if I talk to a colleague. Let's say I just joined a company. I'm relatively new. And I say, hey, you know, I think it would be good to, well, maybe not a meal. Maybe just catch up over Zoom first, but it's just it's still a bit weird, right? And the, the, the other person might say, sure, but oh, I didn't realize you were serious about fixing a, a call. Just just add one more line. Let me send you an invite. What time works for you? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> one, one second to solve this problem that okay, you, just, okay. you just... And how do you approach it? Because you also don't want to be too um, objective-oriented about it, right? Oh, I, I want to get to know you better. And, and there are certain objectives I want to fulfill, right? Because it's truly being casual and getting to know someone as a friend. Yeah, I mean, I would guess it's like, you know, it's it's like a date, right? You don't like, oh, my objective is to find, you know. Yeah, get married, boy. have three yeah. kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lay out the whole plan, yeah. Okay. <laughs> because that person may not end up to be the correct person for, for that, right? And who knows, you make a good friend in, in that mm. case. So just keep it, keep the agenda open. Like, oh, I want to get to know you, you know, and stuff like that. I want to learn more about uh, your, your experience working here and all that. And just like arrange something, yeah. Okay, okay. And I'm, I'm guessing that if the other party or if like a few colleagues are not too willing to have that phone call with you, then probably that might not be a, a very friendly environment as well. Yes, correct, it's correct. It's a way of like knowing. Yeah, and I have a trick to to get people to say yes to mm. meeting. Want to hear? Yeah, basically yeah. offer to treat. Okay, this is for face-to-face. Yeah, let me buy you a meal. Because Singaporeans uh, love free food. Me too, I love free food as well. Okay, okay. <laughs> or like you mentioned where do we stay? Oh, we stay nearby. There's a good... Uh, good, like, um, restaurant over there. <laughs> by trick, by trick. Since I'm new, for example, let's say I, I just joined this company, I want to make this effort, right? Yeah, yeah, correct. Okay. But as for Singapore, how, how about if my company is overseas, my colleagues are overseas? Okay, then then no choice. Uh, mm. We only have to do it via, via Zoom. We can only do it via online meetings. Yeah, correct. Okay. Yeah. How else uh, do you build relationships with your colleagues? From your own example. Um, I guess it's like, things like, you know, giving praises. Yeah, especially when you have people supporting you and stuff like that. I think sometimes that kind of recognition is very important. And because we're all working from home, you know, and stuff like that, you don't really receive that when you when you get a job done, right? So I think, you know, giving regular praises is, is pretty uh, pretty good. Um, being able to kind of like say that, oh, I really like this, you know, highlight something, make their day and stuff like this. Another way to build uh, a rapport with someone that you're actually working with as well. Mm. You mentioned earlier that you also want to get to know what their objectives are or what they what is important to them. Mm-mm. How do you ask that question? Just kind of like, hey, you know, uh, um, you are in this role, right? Maybe you are doing like a, a junior sales role right now. So, you know, where do you see yourself in the next uh, two to three years? You know, why do you join and stuff like that? So it's true. Asking questions that you can kind of find out like where they're heading or where they, maybe they don't know where they're heading, right? So you can mm. kind of like guide them on that process or so. You can also ask them like, oh, what, what do you like to do in your free time? Oh, you play basketball. Hey, I want to learn. Let's, let's, let's um, organize something. 
that's a more casual question. But the question before that was, uh, where do you see yourself in, in three years as a junior programmer, for example? I mean, if you're talking to someone who are like, who's more junior, you can ask, ask oh, okay. that. Like, yeah. Are you my boss? Don't <laughs> 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 so serious lah. Like, you know, what if, what if my, my so reaction really, is like Okay, that? all these things I'm sharing, sharing you know, it works mm. for, for me based on the context that I'm, I'm I'm at. But of course, cater it to the organization that you are you are at, right? So I guess like, usually during the first two weeks, you can kind of get a sense of like the culture. I, I don't know how to explain how to sense it, but mm. it's like intuition versus observation. Okay. Kind of like understand what kind of company it is, what kind of people they hire and then from there you can tailor your approach to to engage them accordingly because mm, I understand your intention for asking the question is really to find out what they are looking for mm. and what's really important to them yeah, which yeah, is yeah. why the, the question where do you see yourself in three years let's say my role is a junior programmer yeah 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 just, the way you ask it also yeah, like it, hey where yeah. do you see yourself in three years kind of things like oh. that's, that's, that's an interview question yeah, that's yeah, one like, yeah. like hey just curious you know like oh you've been working here for some time so it's like how you ease into that, that question right okay. instead of like checklist Mm, yeah, checklist, which is we go back to you don't want to be too objective oriented about it because yeah. it's like a date. You're trying to get to know someone better. Correct, correct. It's like you meet, some, meet a girl for the first date. Excuse me, you got a car? Mm, mm. You got a house? Right, right, right. Yeah. right. <laughs> or vice versa. And then you ask all, all the questions that you're looking out for. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Could you think of one example though? Like someone whose character is a bit more logical. Like how do you approach this question then? What do you mean Let's by say that? You just joined this company, mm-hmm. you're new, mm-hmm. and you really want to get to know me in this. I'm role playing a junior programmer, and I am a more logical person. I, I'm not, I'm not antisocial. It's just that I, I like to do my own things. And then you just join this company. We might need to work together because you're gonna sell something that I program. Mm-hmm. How do you approach it? For logical people or people who are like more, I guess, introverted and, mm-hmm. and stuff like yeah, that, right? The approach is a way. bit more different, right? Yeah. It's not like, yeah, go for drinks. Yeah, you know? I treat you. Nah, it's okay. Don't treat me. Don't treat me. I don't want to leave my house. <laughs> I'm working from home also and I don't want to leave home. I think the, the approach mm. is a bit different, right? It's more like, you know, a, a softer kind of approach. Like, okay, oh, help me with this. Oh, I'm very curious to learn about how this works. Can you explain it? Because when people help ah. you, they get invested in the city. Ah, okay. <laughs> that's, a good, that's a good point you brought it up, which is uh, if someone helps you, yeah. We think that we have to help people, right? Yeah, yeah. But when someone helps you, it makes them feel or, or think that, hey, you know, like, you're someone worthy of helping. That, that's one. Yeah. And, uh, well, ownership as well. Ownership. Yeah, and invested. I, yeah. yeah and, and the favor is kind of like on your side. That means, well, in a way, I don't feel indebted to you. Ah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that. Yeah. I feel like I've helped you this one time. Correct. And then, you know, that, that builds a relationship. Yeah, but I guess what I'm trying to emphasize here is also like, you know, everybody is different. So it's not just like taking mm. my, cons- my what has worked for me today and then paste it to your own context. Um, a few things to look out for again, look at your company's culture, observe mm. uh, for the first two to three weeks, just observe people, see, uh, try to understand them and stuff like that. It helps if you're a bit familiar with stuff like, I guess like certain frameworks like DISC and some people like to use MBTI and stuff like that to try to like, Profile their personalities. Profile at least like a, a slight understanding of this person and stuff like that. And then also catering your approach accordingly because the mm. way you engage like an introvert, extrovert will be completely different, right? Okay, okay. Yeah, so an introvert might not be so willing to go out on a meal with you. Yeah. But he or she might be okay with doing a Zoom call. And then, then you do the Zoom call. Yeah, like, yeah, don't, yeah. don't force a, a meetup with a meal with that person. Yeah, yeah. Especially if they're not comfortable. Mm. Yeah. How do you identify what are the aspects of um, company culture that you need to know about? When you say company culture, what do I look out for? I guess uh, there's a few things that you can you can uh, look at when you're trying to find out about a company's culture, right? So Glassdoor is also uh, one of the things that you can look at. A lot of people say that like, Glassdoor is not accurate and stuff like that. But for me, I feel that there's no smoke without fire. Mm. Right? So it's always good to kind of like, it gives you... It, 
it is so far been accurate based on my own experience in uh, you know working you know interviewing at different companies and stuff like that. Second is of course the the background of the people, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, if they all maybe study a certain kind of topic or stuff like that. Typically, people would be of a certain personality. I mean, it's not about judging, but just trying to come up with some like um ideas of you know what what they are at like for example this company had a lot of SMU students like you definitely like you know mm-hmm. <laughs> outspoken okay, right okay. polished I mean that's my image of an SMU student basically understand, yeah, understand. Yeah. So, so you might have this uh, preparation work but you go in with an open mind because yeah, yeah, of course. not everybody's the yes, same yes correct okay, because when we talk about culture it's just so hard to talk about it in specific terms Mm-mm-mm. right what about the culture right Maybe just observing norms, right? Mm. Maybe it's a norm for people to do Zoom lunch, right? That kind of thing, okay. like lunch together. Or maybe this it's norm for people to like arrange catch-ups and stuff like that. So you want to like align yourself with these norms or so. Maybe you can push a bit of the boundaries, but largely still align with, with that. Mm, I, I think a, one part of culture is communication styles. Mm-hmm. So what communication styles have you observed? Mm, could, you, could you share a little bit more detail? Yeah, for example, like, do they hop onto a meeting? Or they all prefer email? Or... Do they gossip in the pantry? I mean, I'm trying to quantify this word culture a little bit more. Okay, okay. So, of course, um, you know, culture is such a broad word, but since you brought up uh, the point of communication styles, mm. you, I mean, it could be simple things like looking at, you know, do they prefer Zoom or Google Hangouts, right? Do they mm. like, do they communicate on Slack more or WhatsApp kind of thing? So, it's about the channel and also like the way that, you know, people write emails and stuff like that. You kind of get a sense like, is this a formal, informal kind of culture and all that. Okay. Is it appropriate to send an email after 6pm, for example? I mean, yeah. some, some culture allows that. Some culture will frown upon that. So Correct. you need to identify all of some this. Some cultures celebrate that. Oh, so I, <laughs> And you know that in, in Gmail, you can schedule yeah. your, your email, right? Like, I wrote this email at 5pm, but I schedule it at 9pm. So Don't 9pm. 9pm too obvious. It was too like... 10, 17, wow. <laughs> okay, okay, so it's more organic, more natural, right? <laughs> okay, the, do you, are you, okay, putting yourself on the line to, to say that, that you encourage that? Or <laughs> I mean, if there's the culture and they celebrate and reward that, so, and you don't want to sacrifice your hours, right? I mean, that's one of the ways that you can go about. <laughs> Before we move on to the next thing, like, is there any other thing about culture that we should look out for off your mind right now? I guess, like, for me, what I, when I think about culture, you know, I think about this quote, that the fish rots from the head. So culture to me is something that is defined by the leadership because people will recruit people who are similar to them, correct? Okay. Typically, we like people who are similar to us, we recruit people who are similar to us. So if I really don't get a good sense of culture, I'll just look on top and I'll see like, what are these leaders like? And then from there, I'll be able to understand like, you know, how things are shaped within an organisation. A fish rots from the head. Yeah, yeah, that's a quote. I don't know if it's really true that a fish rots from the oh. head, but that's like a quote. <laughs> you got to fact check that. Yeah, I got to fact check that, but, <laughs> but it's a common quote. That, yeah, yeah, it's, it's from, quote. The, from the leadership. So when you go into a company, do you identify the leaders, including the non-official leaders, maybe the influencers, gatekeepers? I try to look at the people who are in the company for the longest time. Mm. And I try to look at the the leaders of the company, the people who are managing teams as well. And just to get a good sense of like who they are, you know, what they are like. And then from there, I'll be able to uh, get a good sense of, you know, the culture and, you know, what is the generally the office um, kind of environment going to be like or so. Mm, sometimes, well, the person with the title might not be the decision maker, right? Mm-hmm. How do you approach something like that? What do you, what do you mean by that? So, for example, we talk about influencers mm. or like people who are, who have an, an influence over other people's opinions, mm. but they might not be the, the CEO or even the, the directors. And people maybe crowd around them, for example. Yeah. Yeah. Do you do that? Do you identify people like that? 
Yeah, I mean, of course, because when we talk about the concept of power, it's not really about status yeah. and rank, right? Some people have there's different kind of powers, and some people um, have uh, maybe I don't know if this is the correct word, but social power, I guess. Mm, like, like mm. so, perhaps it would be good to also look for these people and try and like figure out like what makes them do well and try and learn from them as well. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over seventy percent of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/people today. Okay, let's talk about bosses. We've spoken about interacting with your colleagues, but how do you manage your boss? We've heard that term, but how do you actually do it? I think that when you're hired by someone, it's really your responsibility to kind of like find out how what makes them tick and how to best work with them. So before I join any company, I try to research the boss. Mm. Like I'll ask like common friends, you know, common connections. And I try to like read up on them and stuff like that. Um, I even go to extent to find like their carousel profile and see like the reviews. Yeah. Carousel. Carousel. <laughs> if, once, if they're yeah. selling things on carousel, you can see whether they are good or they low ball. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, that's, you know, a very interesting story was that, you know, before I joined Salesforce, you know, I was being hired by this guy and then like, I was thinking like, oh no, I don't know much about him. I can't tell his personality that well. So I went to Google him and stuff and then for his carousel profile and then like the comments were so good and I was thinking like, wow, if he just sell like a $30 item and he's so nice, right? That makes uh, this person is like, you know, I mean, who you ask how you treat people, basically. So I, I took that as a good testimony and it turns out he was really a great guy to work for. Most people will go on LinkedIn, but you took it a step further. Of course, you check out LinkedIn, but yeah. there's, there's always carousel. Uh, because LinkedIn is uh, what what people want to show sometimes, right? Mm. But then carousel is like, you. I don't know whether you can fake reviews, right? But I don't think so. I don't think, yeah. um, you don't really have an incentive to do that. Yeah. Unless you are carousel power seller or something. Yeah, 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 correct. yeah but, but it kind of gives you a sense of how that person is like. Yes, correct. Or you can even check with like common friends, you know, and stuff like that. But of course, take everything with a pinch of, of, of salt as well. Because sometimes when people say negative things, it could be their own biases. Mm. Yeah, so just, of course, take it as a pinch just of Just like a restaurant with bad reviews, does, does not mean that the restaurant is really bad? Yes. I mean, some, some reviews might be fake and things like that. You just take it with a pinch of salt. Yeah, correct, mm. correct. Mm. Okay, then, so you get to know your boss better. That's that's number one before you join a company. I mean, you need to understand someone before you know how to work with them, correct? So it's like kind of like, and I'm sure that uh, a good boss will try to understand you so that they know how mm. to adjust their management style to align with you as well. So it's a kind of mutual process. You know, a lot of things would depend on your 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 manager, right? Your success in the company. Um, things like your happiness level in the company as well. So it makes sense to kind of like invest that little bit of time to try and like um, learn more about them, learn what they like, learn what they dislike. You know, during the interview, I always ask people like, what defines a, a A player to you, right? Mm. In a company so that you okay. know what are the things they look out for. And then even with that, it, it doesn't mean that what they say is what is real because some people don't really understand themselves also, right? So right, you right. have to validate that, right? Uh, mm. And one of the ways could be looking at people they have promoted. Yeah, people who who they, you know, or, or you can ask certain questions like, what was the worst hire you had, right? Uh, that kind of thing. Like just to okay. kind of like uncover like what makes them tick, you know, and all that so that you can adjust yourself accordingly to 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 work well with them also. So during the interview process where they ask you, do you have any questions for me? And that's where you ask, who do you consider to be an A player in your company? That's one. Maybe not who, but how do you define? What do you, what, define? Do you, what do you define as an A player, right? Okay. For a team. Okay. Yeah. So you know what's really important for them. Yes, correct. Okay. 
And what's the second question that you've asked, which is? Um, sometimes I may ask this question, mm. but not all the time. But like, what's the worst hire you you had? Worst hire. Mm. Ah, okay. And you're asking this question. What are you trying to find out from this question? To see if we are a, uh, a fit, because if his answer for a player is like someone who work until three a.m. every day, ah. like oh. <laughs> okay, but who would say that? <laughs> Honestly, who who would say that? Or they might say in a different way. You got to pick it up. Yes, correct, correct. Yeah. Mm. So from your own experience, could you give examples? How do you identify the personality traits of your boss? And how do you work with that kind of personality? You mean in the interview? After you join the company. Oh, after yeah. you join the company. Yeah. So there are, there are three parts, I think. Number one is before you join, you check out Carousel, you check out LinkedIn. Yeah. And during the interview, you literally ask them questions because you are given an opportunity to find out more about yes. the person and Correct. the company. Yep. Now you have joined a company. How do you build this relationship further with the boss? How do you work with the personality Okay, let's say for example, this person is a little bit more anxious. Uh, yeah, then you want to like make sure that every time they ping you on Slack or you know, chatter or like email and stuff like that, you are, you are more timely, right? Okay, Correct. okay. Yeah, and it, it, sometimes you don't get it right straight away, right? Like you know, I remember this time I had like my new boss um, from my previous company asked me, Jared, you know what's you do? Do you know what's the difference between email and and WhatsApp? Then my answer was like, oh, WhatsApp is on the phone and then you just <laughs> okay, talk, okay. right? <laughs> no. What's the answer? That- no, WhatsApp is like, I want more f- uh, quicker replies, uh. right? And then email is like, you can take your your time and like, oh, okay, I never thought of it this way. So then I would ask like, okay, what's your expected SLA? Uh, <laughs> at least this boss is direct and honest. I mean, some some bosses might keep it to themselves or they expect you to know. Mm-mm. And and then how do you find out then? I think it's a lot of observation. It's going to be very hard for me to tell you. Like, uh, it depends on that person, right? Looking okay. at the, the characteristics and, and stuff like that. Yeah, you, but you're right to say that. You can also look at the kind of, the way they interact with other employees, right? Is there someone they particularly don't like? And then you can try and figure out what about them they don't like and then try, stop embodying, try not mm. to embody those kind of similar traits and um, behaviours or so. Because, you know, it, it really takes a lot of observation because nobody's going to tell you like, I'm a micromanager, right? No, yeah, no one's going to say that, that right? Yes. Yeah. But you realise that person is a micromanager. Everyone say the same thing like, oh, uh, I'm a very approachable, I can take feedback and all that. So how do you tell if it's real? You watch someone else give them feedback and how they, they respond to it. Yeah. Okay. You don't like, oh, okay, yeah, 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 you are like this. And you know what you, you say? your most honest feedback <laughs> and then realize they should have done that mm. I mean this applies to everything in your life nobody is what they say it's about what they do right so observe more rather than just um, listen to to the to the words okay so observe what they do yeah. and you can observe the way they interact with your other colleagues to find out uh, who they really are as a person. Yes, correct, correct. I mean, I've, I've made that mistake also, of course. Like someone said that he's very open to feedback, you know, he's not a micromanager and I just took it on like face value and stuff like that, right? And after I realised like, oh, how, not, that's not the smartest thing to do because nobody will ever say that, you know, they are a micromanager. No mm. one will ever say that they, they can't take feedback. Maybe they don't even know that they can't take feedback, right? Right, yeah. right. Because right. there's the... How do you identify yourself? How do you see yourself <laughs> versus who you who you really are? Correct, as well. okay. How do you set expectations with your boss or boundaries? For example, because you talk about the WhatsApp and email example, mm-hmm. and let's say this boss always WhatsApp you after working hours and you want your work-life balance. How do you have a conversation like that? Sounds difficult. Well, this this never happened to to mm. me. I'm so lucky that, you know, all my, my bosses, they have clear boundaries, right? But if there's someone else in this situation like this... Honestly, I don't have that much to advise because I've never been in that situation before. Yeah. Okay, okay. But how about um, other areas where you need to set expectations like in terms of your KPIs or in terms of your working hours, how much time should you spend in the office versus going outside to meet clients? How do you set expectations? 
expectation is typically set by you know the company culture again, right? What are people doing? Mm. Correct. So okay. if other people can do are doing something, then possibly that would be like allowed for you and all that. Yeah. Ah, uh, okay. So thinking that because you mentioned during the interview process and before you even work at the company, you should find out as much as possible. Yeah. And therefore, if it's not a right fit, then maybe you shouldn't have taken yes, a job Yes, that's why the interview place. process is so critical, right? Because a lot of people view interviews as like, oh, I'm here to impress someone. But it's also a two-way thing, right? Mm, dating, right? back to dating again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You like me, I must like you also. Yes, right? correct. Um, yeah, so it's a two-way street and, you know, just do your due diligence, do your research because the last thing you want is to waste your time to join a company which, you know, um, it's not right for you and then you have to like move out of it and then like do the difficult explanation and stuff like that. Yeah. Okay, so get all of this done even before before you join. Yeah, correct. Based on your own criteria which you mentioned at the start of the interview, whatever you're looking out for, yeah. that's most important to you. Correct. And this, this answer really depends on the individual. Yep. Okay, so what is a rewarding career to you? Because that's the first thing you talk about as well. Yeah, I guess when I, you know, when I do my introduction, I always talk about, you know, building rewarding careers, right? And that, that, that goes back to the first question that we talk about, like, you know, rewarding means different things to, to, to different people. But I guess that, you know, for me, it's really, you know, the way I define it, right? Like, you know, being paid fairly, having that kind of like a balance, right? You know, not, not too much OT or, or anything. And then like the learning opportunities for growth, because when you learn and grow, you are future-proof because you are picking up the correct skills and, and all that. So so that's really um, what I define as a rewarding career. But of course, there are other elements to that which other people care about. Like for example, some people really care about the friendships that they make at work, being able to go for drinks and stuff like that, which to me is kind of like a plus. Yeah. Mm. How do you really identify these deeper things that you're looking out for? Because it does take quite a bit of work. I mean, of course, you, in your example, you you ask them questions, mm. get, get them thinking, right? But how, how is the process like for you? Do you journal? Do you sit down and meditate on it? Like, how do you know what you're really looking out for? It, it takes a lot of reflection and self-awareness. Mm. So I had this um, friend of mine who was kind of like lost. Like every job she went to, she would be unhappy about something. And I, I just did this table for her, which is actually on my blog, this template on my blog for everyone to, to benefit from. What is your must-have? good to have and absolutely cannot have. Mm. Yeah. Okay. And then you just write, fill in the blanks, right? You write, write that down, right? Okay, distance from your house. How critical is that, right? Uh, are you willing to travel like one and a half hours to work? That kind of thing. That kind of question. These are things that, you know, it, the answer is different for everyone, but there's no right or wrong. But once you actually define like what's your must have, good to have and absolutely cannot have. When you go to a job, you are more likely to be satisfied because you know that, okay, this actually meets my criteria. And even if I don't have this, it's kind of like a good to have rather than a must have, right? Okay. Yeah. We want a lot of things, right? But you you put it under the good to have category, you know you can sacrifice that if there are other things that they fulfill yes, in the yes. must have category. Correct. And I think this framework you can apply to everything in your life. Again, mm. like back to friends, dating, you know, kind <laughs> okay. of thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely must not have. Yeah. Okay. It will be something that there's a landmine and definitely no. Yeah. Mm, let's what what is something that people might put in there absolutely must not have. Um, for some, it could be commute, right? Commute, yeah, okay. correct. Okay, for okay. some, it could be more like um, they don't want too much bureaucracy because not everybody thrives well in that kind of environment. For some, it could be like, you know, culture is super important to them because they've been burned badly by, you know, an environment which is toxic before. So that's like absolutely critical for them. Okay. Unfortunately, you can't really get that answer firsthand. But you have to do whatever we just talked about this whole interview, right? Which yeah. is, you know, doing all your research, talking to people in the industry, right? Um, what if you do not know anyone? Do you reach out to them on LinkedIn? You you can. You can reach out. To, I've done that before I joined mm, okay. my, my, my new role. I reached out to people on LinkedIn, you know, ask for opinions, you know, and stuff like that. Um, Someone that you did not know beforehand. 
kind of like added as a first oh, connection, but not like, you know, buddy kind of friend, right? Uh, yeah, and stuff. Okay, what, what do you ask? Like, okay, I'm going to, I might be offered a job in this position. Yeah, yeah. Can I learn more about what it's like? Uh, and then yeah. get, on, get on a call. Because if you approach someone to, yeah, if you approach someone on LinkedIn and they don't want to tell you the answer. Yeah, because I don't know you yet, right? Yeah, that mm. means something's wrong. What? Because if it's good, there'll be no qualms about oh. it, right? But if it's bad, they probably don't want to put it in writing or they don't want it to come out from their mouth. Okay. Correct? okay. So 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 that's that's one of the hints that I will get. But so far, lucky for my current role, like everyone is uh, very happy to talk to me and share like why they joined and stuff like that. So I was able to find out the answers that I wanted and to get a good sense of the, the environment. Oh, that's a good way to filter because I don't mind being an ambassador of my company. If I love it. Right? If I love it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And okay. you might be my new colleague. Yeah, hey, join the company. Yeah, it's great. Join, yeah. I love to have you as a colleague. Correct, uh. correct. But if people are like, huh, kind of like don't want to talk about it kind of thing, then you know like mm, something's not right because they don't want to say anything that could jeopardize their own like reputation. That means the thing they're going to say is negative, what? Okay, okay. Just so that's a that's a telltale sign. Yeah. Yeah. That's a clue that, that, that there could it, be something does there. Does it make sense to you? Yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense to me. Yeah. Uh I, I was thinking about this question because like if I if I don't know you, why would I want to tell you about my company? Yeah, correct. I mean of course some people can be really like a closed off, they just ignore the mail and stuff like that. But mm. then like if some people I mean if you really love it, you would definitely like, you know. Yeah, so that tells you something. If some, someone is like ambivalent, yeah, I, I don't really want to talk to you. Or, you know, that tells you something. Answer, yeah. yeah. But if someone is truly passionate about the, the company, that tells you something. Yes. Uh. Actually, no answer is also an answer. Answer. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. So how does passion play a part in all of this? Yeah, I mean, going back to what I brought up about, about mm. passion, right? So like I said that, you know, many people, um, there, there's a group of people in this world who are super lucky. They know like since young, I want to be a teacher and now they're a teacher, right? Oh, I like Joseph a... Schooling, since young, he knows he wants to swim. Like, how do you know that? Was it 11 years old? Like, how do you know that 11 years old? Yeah, so okay. there's a really privileged group of um, individuals, but I guess for many of us, it's not like that. So I, I would encourage people to think of passion as not like a, oh, you know, it's a feeling kind of thing, but more like um, something that you develop over time as you get good in, in something. So a mistake that many people make is that they would think that, oh, if young, uh, I want to be a, 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 a pilot, for example. So that's the only path that I can pursue, which is my, my passion, like my one true love. But you know, it doesn't factor into the consideration that, you know, maybe people change, right? Like for example, the, mm. Andrew, the kind of girl you like when you are 13 is different from now, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, right? Okay. So the same for passion, the kind of things that I wanted to do at 13 or, or maybe 15 even is different from, you know, what I want to do right now. Yeah. Okay. And let's say you want to be a pilot, but you might have psychomotor problems. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that might not be suitable for you, for correct. example. Correct. Or practical realities, like, you know, maybe mm. I, I, I can't, don't have good eyesight. You know, uh, uh, okay, like okay, yeah. okay. And maybe you can't do LASIK <laughs> for some reason. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But where do you place your passions? Where do I place my mm, passions? Yeah, what are your passions in? If I were to ask you oh, this question. Pa- passion is a really strong word. So I don't mm. really use the word passion much for the things that I do. But I guess that um, where I derive satisfaction in my life is, of course, career, career does play a part in my life satisfaction. Of course, like the the challenge that I get, the learning opportunities that I get. And, you know, this is really uh, one of the key factors. But there are also other factors that contribute to my happiness as well. Um, for example, my close friends, right? Being part of the journey together with them, walking this journey together in life, family, uh, of course, and then um, things like uh, having my own interests outside of work, reading, reading about the things that I like, things like, you know, going to museums, things like cycling, you know, hobbies and stuff like that. These are the things that add meaning to, to my life. Mm. Yeah. And of course, um, the other element that I brought up earlier is uh, volunteer work, you know, and being able to like contribute to my community or my, my generation's lives and through content creation, right? These are things that, you know, really gives me meaning and 
um, really helps to make my living experience in this earth a lot more memorable. Okay. Any closing thoughts about work that you might have before we wrap up this part of the conversation? Because people are still going to be reading on blogs. They might still be direct messaging you on LinkedIn, on Instagram, and they'll have so many questions about life, about work itself. Um, any last words before we wrap up? Mm, I guess at the end of the day, it's really important for you to go back to the question and ask yourself, why do you work, mm. right? How does work fit into your life? Because that will really clear up a lot of misaligned expectations that you may possibly have from your job, right? And, and, and help you to really um, gain satisfaction out of it. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Mm. Hey, I hope you've learned something useful today and I truly appreciate that you took time off to better your life with the financial coconuts. Knowledge is that much more powerful and interesting when shared, debated and discussed. Join our community telegram group, follow us on our socials, sign up for our weekly newsletter. Everything is in the description. If you love us and want to help us grow, definitely share the podcast with your friends and on your socials. For more information, check out thefinancialcoconut.com. With that, have a great day ahead, stay tuned next week, and remember, personal finance can be chill, clear, and sustainable for all. I have three questions for you. Mm-hmm. What is one core life principle that you hold? For me, I have seven core values. Mm, um, SAF. Yeah, yeah, that's, so, that's, what, that's what people say. Like, <laughs> yeah, I tell a joke, I was telling my brother, like, you know. I feel I'm, like drinking water already. <laughs> <laughs> okay, tell me about your seven core values. I'm like, water parade, seven core values. Oh my god, the memory's coming back. Careful, soldier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Loyalty to the country. Yeah. Uh, okay, so right. my, uh, of course, I admire um, some of the values that other organizations and people have, but I also yes. have my, my own. Uh, that are, are important to me. So, of course, uh, love is uh, critical to me. And how I define love is um, uh, not just romantic love, but something that extends to the family, the the community, and like friends and stuff like that. I categorize that under love itself. Freedom is also critical for me, right? Being able to have the freedom to make my own um, choices. Uh, gratitude, you know, being grateful for the things that I have, which would actually keep me in a positive mindset every day. Achievement, respect and pragmatism. Yeah. Mm. So these are the key values that are important to me. And I always tell uh, my audience that, you know, value sounds very fluffy, but once you know that, you can use that as a basis for almost every decision you make in your life. Yeah. You also write about finance and investing. What is one piece of financial advice that you think should be shared more often? Mm. So, you know, when it comes to finance, everyone likes to talk about the sexy topics like Bitcoin or like so, this. to the moon. <laughs> yeah, to the moon, you know, what Elon Musk say and stuff like that. But that, that that is, of course, that may catch attention, but that's not really fundamental. I guess for most people, it's really getting getting familiar with the concept of like compounding interest, right? How, starting young, basically, so that you can let time work in your favor. Yeah. Okay. Which part of your life are you giving additional focus right now? So right now I'm trying to work on my empathy skills because I think that, you know, I want to be a better support to the people around me, be it my close friends, my family, my readers and stuff like that. So I've been reading a book about like how I can do that um, a little bit better and how I can be a better listener, right? Mm. So instead of always like you try to give suggestions first, it's really more about like identifying the emotions, asking questions, which I feel that, you know, can not only help me in my personal life, but also my professional life as well. Okay, I would like to ask a bit more about that. So how do you build empathy? Yeah, so people think empathy is a feeling, correct? But that's not really always the case. Um, you know, empathy begins with first, like, you know, identifying the emotions, right? Like, it, it does seem that you look sad, you know, and then you kind of justify the emotions for them. Like, I will be sad too if I were you because da 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 And it's, it's not wrong to feel sad. So you kind of validate and justify the emotion for, for them so that they don't feel that 
they don't feel bad about feeling sad, right? Mm. That kind of thing. And then after that, you can also thank them for their vulnerability. You can ask permission, right? Do you mind if I share my perspective, right? And, and stuff like that. So these are some of the ways you can, you know, show empathy. So it's not about like feeling sad when they are sad, but it's really more about like being present and, and being there for them and being a better support to them. Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.